Hey, everybody. Welcome back to 30-something with Sunny. This is the podcast where we talk all about motherhood, self-care, and second chapters. You guys, it's been a real circus trying to get this episode recorded. We're in the middle, like many of you are, of just an endless schedule of homeschooling and cleaning and trying to keep the kids active outside and trying to, you know, do our own jobs and pursuits. And wow, my mind is just everywhere. So this is about the 14th time I've recorded this intro because so many things keep happening in the background. (laughs) Anyway, welcome to Love in Lockdown Part 2, a series, a mini-series I'm dedicating to keeping relationships. Um, I'm not going to say thriving right now because nothing is meant to thrive in a pandemic, but surviving in a time of incredible stress. Today's guest is a cognitive psychotherapist and a relationship specialist. Her name is Nero Feliciano, and she is here to answer all of your questions, your very specific questions, in fact. If you remember a couple of weeks ago on Instagram, I put a call out for questions on relationships, things that you guys want answered about how things are happening for you, and you came up big time. This is so exciting. So number one, Thank you if you submitted a question. I am truly grateful. And number two, girl, we have your answers and more just dished up. Nero is amazing to talk to. She's been in private practice for the last 15 years. She's the co-founder of Integrative Counseling and Wellness Group that's based in Wilton, Connecticut. She has also been featured on NBC.com, Today.com, Parents Magazine, and more. And she also hosts her own podcast, called All Things Life. Now, again, as I said, in this episode, we are diving into all things relationships, specifically your questions. And here are a few of the questions, the incredible questions that you guys submitted that we answer. Um, My partner annoys me when he chews. Help. (laughs) Capital H-E-L-P. I believe how that one was submitted. Um, We have differing views on politics. How do we deal with that? I need me time, but I have a needy partner. How do I deal with that? And how you deal with exes or family members who don't properly social distance. We get into so much good stuff. And Nero has great advice on every single one of these topics and more. So enjoy the episode. I will be back on the flip side with more. Set is in a different place. There's no resemblance of control. Mm -hmm. You've kind of given that up when you had three. But there's definitely more laundry. You know, especially, it's but more people to feed, more activities to drive to, and just more attention to give the kids when you have four. So yeah, there is a difference, um, but mindset shift from three to four. Right. So, yeah. Well, I want to dive into these questions, and since we're on the topic of children, I I didn't exclude um, any sort of uh, subcategory of questions here. I really wanted people to submit questions that were relevant to their lives. So we have people who are parents, we have people who are, you know, married rather than just partnered up. We have people who are just living together, people who are trying to live together. So since we're talking about kids, I want to get this in right off the top. Um, Moms, or I guess I should say the partner staying at home and doing the bulk of school, (laughs) we are losing our minds. What is a practical tip or strategy for, um, you know, we have to do the work. So it's not like we can walk away from educating our kids. What are some practical tips from just, just getting back in the zone? So you're not screaming. Okay. Yes. So, and I'm, I've had to use these tips myself and don't think just cause I'm a therapist that I haven't been screaming. We have, all of us have, this is, it's hard. This is hard. hard. And I think one of the things I've said from the beginning Yeah. One of the things I've said from the beginning is that it's more important that your kids feel safe 
that they are feeling cared for than what they're actually learning during this time. I mean, it's a global pandemic. This is not a time for major academic accomplishment, right? Especially if you have a kindergarten or first grader, second grader, you know, they're little. So I think one thing is to just check your own expectations. What are you trying to do here? What is so important that has to get done? Because what we have to do is look at where, where are you emotionally? Where's the child emotionally? Is it, is it really necessary to get everything done today? Do we need to take breaks? So I think just be realistic. What, what we've all been asked to do is a lot right now. I mean, it's, it's hard just navigating parenthood, let alone work, parenting, mm -hmm. feeding, cleaning up, you know, meal planning all day long in the middle of a global pandemic. So I think to be very realistic and to keep your expectations very fluid, right? What works for one day might not work for another day, but go with it. Go mm -hmm. with it. If you need to take a break, take a break. If your kids need to take a break, give them a break. I decided a few days ago, I said, hey, look, if we're not getting all this work done by a certain time, screw it. Like we're not doing anymore. You know, they're, they're going to be fine. They're going to yep. be fine, but we all need that break in the downtime. Did I permanently damage my five-year-old <laughs> when I looked at her the other day and said, mom is going to have a nervous breakdown. If you don't <laughs> stop talking, her poor little face went, uh, what's a nervous breakdown? I mean, I was a little dramatic, but like, am I yeah. damaging my children by being so she... frank with them? I don't know if they can handle it, but I really was ready to lose it. I know. She learned a new vocabulary word. There you like go. when, when, totally. Oh, Lordy, Lordy. Okay. No, uh, it's, it's no. They're, seeing the, they're seeing our humanness. Right. They're seeing that we're human. We're, you know, we're, they're seeing that we have limits and hopefully we'll all navigate setting boundaries together mm -hmm. as, as the time goes on and they'll learn how to do that as well. Well, and you know, I'm not obviously not a therapist or an expert in any way, but I have implemented something and I've been doing this for quite some time mainly out of guilt, but I find that it really helps my kids to understand why I lose it sometimes. I apologize when I lose my shit. I'm like, listen, I'm yeah. really yeah. sorry. Like, and pe people are like, well, how are they ever going to know you're in charge if you apologize? And I'm like, because I was an asshole. Like, I need to apologize to my kid. Yeah. And, and I say, like, even today, I said, you know what, guys, I'm really sorry. I screamed. You know, you didn't do anything. Mommy's just really grumpy. But I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Is that like, um, I guess putting ourselves on their level too much that they won't respect us as an authority? Not at all. I think actually they will respect you more if you if they see you owning your mistakes and they're seeing, like I said, that you're human. And what we're doing as parents is we're modeling behavior for them. We want them to learn one, it's okay to make mistakes and two, you can go back and own it and apologize for it. You know, we are not living a life where you absolutely cannot make mistakes and your faults follow you everywhere, right? Your errors, we're all human. So I think, I think that I've always said that as a parent, it's so important to be able to have a do over. And we're teaching that for our kids. So if you make a mistake, you can apologize. We can do this over mm -hmm. and then we move on with it. So especially now during this time where we're all making many mistakes based on how um, stressed we are, you know, what the situation is, what news that we heard uh, in that day of people who are affected by this. Mm -hmm. So I think apologies are huge and so important. All right. Well, I will so yeah, no, good. Well done. Well done. <laughs> you know, well, I, I can admit when I'm a jerk. Um, okay. This is a question about relationships and division sure. of household labor. Um, she writes, how do we work on division of chores when we are both here all the time. Conversely, how do you balance the work and make sure that one person doesn't get overloaded 
when one person is still working outside of the house? Yeah, this is a good question. I've actually gotten this from different clients, especially because in, in many ways we have to reassign role division and, and job division because it's different when, say you have a stay-at-home parent who has several hours in the day uninterrupted to get some things done and now that's been taken away, right? And so we may be in the mindset, both partners that, all right, this is your job, this is my job, but now we have to redefine normal for right now and what's gonna work for a family. So part of that is just having the conversation, okay, look, these, these are the household tasks, including homeschooling that has to be done, including meal prep and cooking that has to be done. So how are we going to do this together? You know, what, what are you good with doing? What, what am I good with doing? And, and then again, this is all about flexibility. On some days we have to check in with each other and say, you know, I, I don't have it in me to do it. I don't have it in me. And, and we have to set that expectation that both of us are allowed to have that conversation and that's okay. And then we help each other out. Do you recommend like setting a, t- a specific time to talk about this? Cause I think you're right. We fall into the routines in, in, in normal life of doing what we do. And I think the expectation is there. Do you suggest that couples maybe like dedicate a time at the beginning of the week and say, okay, this is what you're doing this week. Does it need to be that like specific? I think if you can stick to that, that's great. I think these days it's kind of hard to have that kind of routine, but I'd say at least once a day, mm-hmm. because you know, how you, how you feel on Monday may be very different on Friday, right? So, so maybe the schedule that you created on Monday might not work for the whole week, mm-hmm. but daily, just like a run through in the day, um, in the morning. Okay. Look, this is what it looks like for today. And also check in with how the two of you are feeling. Like, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you managing by Wednesday? You might say, I, I'm so done with this. I can't, I can't do this homeschool anymore. Please. Can you help me out with this? Can you help me out with this particular child? So I think it's important to have these constant check-ins as you go through your week. I love that. I, we frequently do that. And I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's uncharted territories. So yeah. um, it's good to know that that tactic of just like being open and communicating your needs, like takes precedent. Yeah. Um, this is a question we got several times and I'm, I'm paraphrasing because multiple people asked, how do I get in the mood and why does this quarantine mess with my sex drive? Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, a, a huge impact on intimacy. And you know, you have also heard conversely, all the people who are like, oh, there's going to be all these Corona babies. I, I'm not so sure about the Corona babies, you know, just because um, sexual desire is so multifactorial and especially for me, women. I mean, there are men who experience it this way as well, but men more tend to be able to compartmentalize stress versus sex. You know, there's different boxes for those two things, whereas women, it all kind of flows together. So stress, responsibilities, just worry and anxiety in general, health-related anxieties, all impact our level of desire. And then there's the tiredness, right? So people may be feeling more tired and more emotionally exhausted by the end of the day. So it is very common to have a decrease in sexual desire. What do we do about this? Now, that's, that's a good question. One, I think just focus on connection, right? And this goes back to, and I saw on your Instagram page, and I loved it, you talked about the love languages. So you know the love languages, right? Are we feeling loved and cared for and connected to our partner? And that can happen in a very, in an intimate way that's not sexual, but that can actually set the foundation for sexual intimacy later. So are we doing things? Have we made time for ourselves to do things that we enjoy that make us feel connected? Are we watching a movie together? Are we even just reading a book in the same space that, so Mm -hmm. we don't have to talk, but at least we're kind of connecting in that way. 
um, talk about the things that you like together, go on a walk together. And Remind separate. us of the love languages again for anyone who sure. doesn't know them. Yeah. So there are these five love languages and this book was originally written by Gary Chapman and it is, it's such a great resource, especially if you're feeling disconnected and it talks about each of us having a love tank and we can describe it. And this is a great way to check in with someone as well. Like how, how full is your tank right now? You know, mm -hmm. I'm at like 50%, you know, or maybe you're at 20%. In that case, that partner needs to step in and that might just be your energy for the day, right? But it, you can also use it in the analogy of how you're feeling in terms of connectedness and, and loved by your partner. So there are different ways people, depending on how they grew up, how they experience love. For someone, it may be words, like we need compliments, we need verbal affirmation of what we're doing. For someone else, when your partner does the laundry for you know for the family that day or helps out with chores in the house, like that could make you feel really loved. That might look really sexy to you at this point, right? If you don't have to do that. So guy um, holding the laundry basket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, things happen during Corona like that. So um, uh, the level is so acts of service. That's another one. Mm -hmm. um, gifts, small tokens to show that I understand you. Um, some for some they experience love in that way, but for many people, it's quality time together actually being able to spend time together, talking with each other, um, things like that. Yeah. I noticed too that say. when I have like a break between, I mean, not to pull back the curtain too much, but like, you know, <laughs> at nighttime, most people get busy at nighttime, but like, I have yeah. to have some time after bedtime routine with the kids. Like I can't yeah. go from like mom to like, you know, ready to like, no. hop in the sack. like you, I need a little like a window of time because yeah. it's like Superman. You got to put on your cape. I mean, it's a whole mindset. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't put on your cape. Sometimes I'm just like, Oh my God, just like, let me get out of this mode for it. Like I just yeah. had someone like crawling over all over my body to like, right. Come out of the crib right. for the past two hours. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah, you need that like little demarcation. You do. And yes, that's a good way to put it. And just a little time to transition mm -hmm. to kind of feel yeah. yourself, right? And to be in a different mindset. And that's very normal for women. Like I said, mm -hmm. we don't compartmentalize, compartmentalize the way men do. So we need that time. And I think that's also important to have that conversation with your partner and explain it to your partner. And again, I'm, I'm very genderizing this whole thing, right. but it can go the opposite way. As sure. Well. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, this conversation is intended for any couple, but you know, like you said, I mean, you can be women and have a completely different experience. So, yeah. um, okay. This one is so funny. My partner annoys me when he chews help. <laughs> what is that called again? Um, oh, it's like um, an actual, yes. I'll, I'll have to look yes. it up. Like it's yes. like a phobia of some sort. You can't yep. stand the yep. sound of people chewing. Okay. So I have to tell you, you had sent me this question before I like laughed out, spit up my coffee out loud. <laughs> reading it. And I'm going to tell you why I did because, so I have known my husband for 20 years and not until we've been in this pandemic, have I realized he's a heavy breather, like all day long. Heavy <laughs> Is breather. he a mouth breather or just like a heavy breather? I don't even know where it's coming from, but he's a heavy breather. And, and I first tried to address it very passively aggressively, which you should not do because it only just, I was like, do you, babe, do you like want some Zyrtec or, um, Flonase? Like What's just, impeding your airway, honey? We need to fix this. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and he was, he was like, he's a physician. He's like, no, I don't like to take medicine. I have to take them like for real. So, so, so then all of a sudden it just got really annoying uh. to me. We were sitting at dinner 
And I, I just looked at her and I go, who's breathing? Who's breathing right now? <laughs> and my eight-year-old just stopped. Like she stopped breathing because I think I was so scary. Oh, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm not a therapist. I'm a crazy person right now. <laughs> like this is so, okay. So just getting back to the question, there are going to be things that come up for you just because you're stressed. And, and that's one thing to ask yourself, what is going on with me right now that this is affecting me so much? Um, it could actually be that that behavior is annoying, but also we have to look at why am I not tolerating it now? like I have in the past. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say don't have a conversation about it. You can have a conversation about it. You have to decide, is it worth it to have this conversation right now? Because is there any, anything that person can do? Maybe it is, you know, and, and then you can approach it in a way that's, that's gentle. You know, I, I know this is crazy. I know this is really crazy. It's probably because I'm so stressed out right now, but I have to tell you, is there anything you can do about this? Right. <laughs> I'm laughing because like, how do you say that? Is there anything you can do about your breathing? Like, <laughs> or chew? I mean, these two things are just vital to survive. The eating and the right. breathing. We need to work. Right. But it is, right. I mean, you're right. And, and there, it's a sensory thing that I think really just grates on people. But I, you do have to talk about it. it just you do. Maybe like you said, a, a, a more tender way of, of bringing of it up. Bringing it up. And then also for yourself, when that's going on, try and find another focal point, you know, try, you know, like when you're in a restaurant and you're, you're talking with your friend or your partner, but you're really listening to the conversation at the table next door. Cause it's interesting. So you can do that in your own home, try focus and find something else. Yeah. else to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. This, this next one is kind of generic, but if you could just give us a few tips for sure, some good ways to keep the lines of communication open while we're stressed. And I do think many of us, like we said, we're not in our typical behavior patterns because these are extraordinary circumstances. So maybe someone who's right. having a difficult time identifying those and, and, and communicating those feelings. Right. I think, you know, when, one thing we talked about just checking in with each other and having that little meeting to find out how you're doing daily, but also to, to let your partner know. I, several weeks ago, I said to my husband, you know, I am going to apologize right now for taking out stress on you. I know it's going to happen and I'm not always going to be aware of when it does. So let me know when I'm doing that, when I'm making you feel bad for something that, you know, you shouldn't feel bad about. Um, that's not my intent. So I think even just giving each other permission to talk about it and to talk about how your partner is making you feel can, can make a difference and start from the place of, I don't want to make you feel this way. I don't want to create stress in your life. I don't want to make you feel bad. It's, it might happen now. We might do this to each other just because we're in a really stressful situation. So even just to kind of open the conversation in that way by giving each other permission to talk about it, I think is important. And then also just focusing on things that you can do even during this time, like we talked about that connects you, um, gives you opportunity to talk, set time away from the kids. I mean, that's, that's important too. Hard to do. But it's even, hard. Early bedtimes yeah. make a huge difference, though, I notice, in the way that yep. we can process the next day. We can get the kids down early and get that extra time to just chill. Right. Or even it's okay to put on a movie for them and say, hey, this is their movie time, mm -hmm. and we're going to go have a glass of wine and talk some things through and just mm -hmm. you know, spend some time with each other. Um, so, there are different ways to do it, but I... Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say this next question is, is kind of dovetails into that. I wonder if you could maybe just put, 
kind of put a bow on it by addressing this. This, this person says being around my partner these days just plain annoys me. <laughs> what can I do? But I feel like you're already kind of speaking to some tactics for that. Sure. You know, and the other thing to think about is, do you need space? Are you someone that needs some space? Because she may or he may not be getting that space that they need so that they can fill themselves up and then go back into the situation. Um, I think we have to look at what, what about your partner is annoying you? And were these things in existence prior to this pandemic, because right now that's what we're seeing too, underlying issues in relationships that actually have been there before, but we've had the space to ignore it. We've had a Zenith to ignore it. We've had our own schedules to ignore it. Now they're coming to the surface. So I think one thing for that person to think through is what was here before Mm -hmm. and do we really need to get into it and talk about it now? Because we don't know how long this is going to be. You know, do we need to talk about the fact that maybe we can give each other space? Um, you know, maybe we can give each other breaks. Hey, you take the kids for an hour right now and then give me the next hour to do some self-care and something that I want to do. Um, and will that make for a healthier environment? So there are many reasons why that can happen. Some of it too is just stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully you can talk through that and take a little space. But I think we have to look at exactly what's going on in that particular situation. Absolutely. Love that. I love this next question so much. Uh, I didn't know that we needed to talk about this until she submitted it. Uh, It says, we have differing views on politics. We normally Mm. don't discuss it, but every time we talk about the current situation these days, it ends up there. I always leave the conversations feeling very angry. I would imagine this is playing out in many households these days. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and other there are other topics that bring this up too, as well, where people have such a difference in opinion. The politics is a big one. I think one to just identify the issue with that partner at a time where it's not occurring. So to say, do you notice every time we talk about this, you know, I end up walking away feeling terrible. I want to know, do you feel bad about it too? Hopefully they'll have some sort of remorse as well and not walk away and say, no, I'm fine. But regardless, if you feel bad about it, it's important to talk about it. And then think about if we never come to some sort of resolution, if it always is going to end up in this negative place, maybe we don't go there right now. Maybe we don't have those conversations. Definitely don't have them at night before you're going to go to bed. That's right. like an icky time to have those conversations. But but maybe agree to say, hey, when we're going down that road, let's redirect. Some people have a code word that someone throws out there when they realize they're going in that direction. And that could be for any conflictual topic. That's not a good time to talk about it. Um, they throw out the code word, which says, okay, we're going to, um, we're going to stop it right there and change the subject. Um, if you know that that's where it usually ends up in a negative place, people don't feel good. Now really is probably not the best time to talk about it. So don't get into the specifics. Say the a press conference is on this situation right. plays out multiple times a day. We're getting press briefings and the radio's on or a podcast is on or the news is on. Um, right. Would you go so far as to tell this couple or anyone dealing with this, just shut off the TV? Here's the problem though. I just, yeah. I have to say this because I've, I've seen this play out so many times and I think politically speaking, people are passionate about their politics, usually for reasons that have um, nothing to do with party lines, but everything to do with emotions and the way they yeah. perceive the parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing with issues of humanity, issues of um, basic issues of care. And so it really, it doesn't even become a 
a, a conversation about politics. It comes no. across as a conversation. Well, this party treats people this way and this party treats people that way. And because we're all so intertwined, it's really hard to like kind of pull back on that right now. So it is, it is, I would, yeah. you know, I think it depends on how conflictual it gets or can, can you have a conversation at the beginning and say, Hey, look, we, we have different feelings about this and we have to decide, is it more important for us to express our feelings and know that our partner may not agree with it? Why are we expressing it? Are we trying to get that other person's approval and agreement? Right. Which may never come. So right. maybe we have to ask that question if you're never going to agree with me, are we just, do we just want to air our opinions and just express it out loud because that's validating to ourselves um, and we want to talk about it or does this always end up in a bad place? So maybe we shouldn't talk about it. You know, maybe we should kind of think these thoughts in our head and just both watch it. Do you so, think, do you think people um, in relationships should, I don't want to like ask for statistics here, but should always agree politically. Do you see more success? Do you see successful couples that have, identical views and do you see successful couples who have opposing views and what is the more um sort of the better outcome and couples that are same or couples that are different so you can have good outcomes either way either way it all depends on expectation right what what do we want out of this right like i said are, am i looking for you to agree with me on this or have we accepted is it our expectation that we're not going to agree Right, we come from two different backgrounds. We think about this in two different ways, and that's a place that we are we don't see eye to eye. But there's so many other places that we do, mm -hmm. so we're going to focus on that. So it really depends on how we're looking at it from the get go. What are the expectations we have for this area of our life and how it impacts our relationship? So you can have people who are absolutely the same um, political right um, viewpoints, and they can do really well. And you can have them that, that are opposite. Now, I think it really depends on the couple though, because if politics is of utmost importance to them, it mm -hmm. governs everything in their life. If they're of opposing viewpoints, that can become more conflictual, mm -hmm. right? So, so I think it depends the degree to which it defines them, the degree to which it's important in the relationship. Um, and then, and then you can look at outcomes from there. But there's such a range, right? There's, there's such a range of how important it is to people. And then there will be a correlation between that, I think, and the relationship, kind of the, the success of the relationship. That's a wonderful answer. I'm glad we really dug in there because emotions are running high at this time. Oh, so completely. I, I, that was right. a really great question. Um, okay, this is another one too. A lot of people are, are dealing with... Um, split custody or shared custody of children. Mm -hmm. She's asking, how do I deal with my ex? We are practicing strict social distancing in my home. We're not going anywhere or seeing anyone, but he insists that the kids still come over and I know they are not practicing social distancing. How do I deal with this? This is a very hard question. And, I, and I've seen this in different scenarios. And I think, so right now what I'm hearing is her fear is the fact that they've been good about social distancing as we've all been called to do but her ex and that family there has not been, which then puts her and her children more at risk, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that conversation has to be had. She needs to let that person know, or he needs to let that person know that um, this is the issue here. And it, and it comes down to social distancing and exposure and risk. And we, I, you know, I don't know 
who in that circle, that, that family that has been social distancing, do they have an elderly person? You know, do they have someone who is more at risk health-wise that they're also putting at risk? So I think we need to have that conversation. And a lot of times we don't want to talk about, especially right now, okay, well, that person's not social distancing, but there's somebody who is really close in my family. How do I tell them I can't see them mm -hmm. right now? I think we need to call it out for what it is. This is a social distancing risk exposure issue. And that's the reason why um, this is gonna be harder for us to have that interaction and connection. Offer other alternatives, you know, offer other alternatives. And, and this, this gets really hard, but honestly, I think if, if that person has the ability to social distance, then um, if they wanna be with their kids who are social distancing, because that puts the other parent at risk as well, um, then that's their choice to, to not social distance. Now, if they are an essential employee somewhere, because again, there's so many different scenarios why this person may not be social distancing. That's a different situation, but same risk exposure. So I think they need to talk about it. Um, maybe the person who is social distancing would feel more comfortable knowing how much exposure is that person having to the outside world? What are the safety measures they're taking? There's so many different facets of this conversation that could help one person feel a little bit more comfortable with it or not. But I think we need to have the conversation and get into the details of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, there's so many um, relationships with ex-spouses in particular mm. that can be contentious. And But yep. you, it literally could be a matter of life and death. So just yes. being um, open enough to, to bring it up is a huge step. This is kind of a similar question. Um, it says, my family, siblings, grandparents are not practicing social distancing, and now they're getting upset with me because I'm not letting them see my kids. I'm not sure how to handle this because now I'm getting calls and texts about it every day. My grandma even showed up last week after I told her my son was sick. How do I keep firm while still keeping family relationships intact? It's tough. And especially with grandparents. I know. They're the be, sweetest. Yeah, so sweet. They know to grandparents. <laughs> but they're the highest risk group, yeah. right? So I think, again, you have to explain it from a social distancing um, risk exposure standpoint. And also reaffirm that, you know, this is not, we don't want to see you. We love you. We love you. Have the kids drop pictures for them. Drop them off. You know, do drive-bys. We did a drive-by mm -hmm. my parents' house because my, my kids are used to seeing them once a week and we haven't seen them. So we just went, they stayed in the car we left them pictures, you know, we dropped them, you know, food off and um, they got to see each other, but everybody felt safe about it. You know, they FaceTime them once a day. So there are other ways that we can connect and maybe have that question, ask that question, because we really are trying to social distance and we want this to be over as soon as possible. And this is the part we feel like we have in it. Um, these are the other things that we could do to connect. How do you feel about that? And, and honestly, at this point, um, these conversations can get contentious, you know, they can, but that's something that we're going to have to just sit with and not try and make go away right now because we can't. And that's not our priority is to kind of repair those relationships at some point. We'll all be able to get together and see each other. Right. So right, right now I think it's important to draw those firm lines as we've been told to do. 
Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, this is good too. A friend says, I need 30 minutes of me time, but I have a needy partner who wants to be together all the time. Maybe we can give her a line or two she can say to her guy. <laughs> yes, yeah. And again, I think we interpret it as rejection when we want to be with someone and they don't want to be with us. You know, why, why don't they want to be with us? And maybe we start to question their affection for us or their love for us. I don't know how new or old this relationship is, but everybody can go through this at different points. I think it's important to explain that, um, especially people, and I think many people need their own space and their own time, that having that time enables you to go back into a family situation or a couple situation and be more present and loving. You know, like I say, like when I'm in witch mode, I need room on my broom, you know? So if, if you have I love little that. ones, you know what that means, right? So people have watched that no fewer than like 65 times. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's really right. good, actually. Yeah. It is. It's a great point. Give me that space. So, and then I can come out of that mode and be that person that you love and that you want me to be. But I need that time to kind of refill myself. I'm not putting that responsibility on you. I'm taking ownership of that, but I'm going to come back into our time together more present and more full and more loving. And this has nothing to do with whether or not I love you. Just so reaffirming that it's like not that. their problem. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this one says, my husband is an extrovert and I'm an introvert. He is always around. How do I deal with this without hurting his feelings? And this should... I think people sometimes misinterpret the meanings of extrovert and introvert. So let's start there and then we'll tell her how to deal with this without hurting his feelings. It's kind of sure. like the other question, but I'll let you go. Right. It's very similar to the other question. And and the funny thing is so many people thought with now all the social distancing that the introverts would be so happy that they'd be home, but they're home with everybody else. So this, <laughs> is, like, this is not a great situation. This for is not them. mean time for the introverts no, of the world. No, 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 not at all. And I think, it goes back to saying, you know, if you think about it like a tank, right? Like a, a gas tank, even. Um, I, until I have some of that time, I start to run on empty. I need to fill it back up so that I can go out and then be the person that everybody knows. And um, I, especially for introverts, that makes a big difference. I think it's important to have specific um, examples in the conversation. Look, like this this is great. I'm okay with this, but this is sometimes gets to be a little too much for me. And I just, I need a little time on my own. Um, was this the 30 minute question? Did you just ask me? I need 30. No, no, that was, no, that was, I mean, it's kind of dovetailing, but this was the one that was my husband is an extrovert and I'm an introvert. And she's saying he's just always around. She wants to get space to refill her tank without hurting his feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And I think go back to say that, you know, I love you. And yeah. Um, this is really not about you. I've, most introverts have been like this most of their life. So this is something I was born with. This is how I'm wired. Um, it's part of why you love me too, right? Because this is, this is who I am. And, mm-hmm. and this, this actually taking this time apart and doing some things on my own is going to make me more me, you know, it's going to help me process what's going on in my mind. Um, so it doesn't come out in other ways. It's going to help me manage my own stress rather than let it overflow everywhere else. So um, I think if you explain it in that way, mm-hmm. hopefully this person will understand. 
Right. This has not been a party for us extroverts either. I mean, I thrive no. on other people's energy and I feel like I'm like this, blah, like by the end of the day, I'm like getting energy from this one. And, this, and then it becomes like a motherboard that's like overloaded and the system just crashes. So just it so really you know, does. it's hard. Are you, do, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? You know, what I'm finding as I get older is I'm an introverted extrovert. So okay. I can be an extrovert. I can talk to everybody in the room but I need that time where yeah. I, and I think cause I have four kids, there are like six people in my house all the time. So Ugh. like I, I need that time where I don't hear people, where there's yeah. silence and I can hear my own self think. You should use my, um, my mental breakdown line. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> what is this? Yes. My nervous yes. breakdown line. Honey, yes. mom yes. is going to have a nervous breakdown. No, don't do that. <laughs> I, I think it's been done before here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Maybe in uh, not as nice a way as you oh did. Lord. I was like, I, I got to explain this in technical terms because they think I'm just kidding with them. I'm not messing with you. I'm yeah. really going to lose my yeah. mind. Ah. This is serious. Yeah. Okay. This is a question that I, I love because it kind of transcends the pandemic relationship issues. She mm -hmm. says, I've been dating my significant other, my boyfriend, for over mm -hmm. three years now. We were supposed to be moving in together soon, but now it seems mm -hmm. like he's trying to put it off. He'll be 40 soon. Is he ever going to be ready for that next step? And she added, I'm his longest relationship ever, by the way. Okay. So if she were in my office, I'd have about a 100 questions for her, like maybe more. Because what, what I'd want to know is... So he's, he's, is he using the pandemic as an excuse to prolong it, right? Or is she feeling like he's not ready and that's coming out now? Um, I think mm -hmm. it ends up being a convenient excuse, it sounds like, for people right. who aren't ready. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think there's always a fear to bring it up. Oh my gosh, if I talk about him not being ready, then I'm giving him the open door to leave. But you want to know now rather than a year from now. Right. You want to know now it's been three years. Like it's, it's time to know. As my mom would say, shit or get off the pot, yes. you know, yes. <laughs> like let's make yes. this happen. Yeah. Yes. And if, and if a global pandemic is not going to make you aware of it, nothing, nothing will. So ask the question and, you know, ask the question, are you having second thoughts about us moving in together, about us taking that next step? And if so, can we talk about that? The other thing for this person to think about too is are there other ways he's shown you his hesitancy? Not what he said out of his mouth, but what he's done. Because oftentimes we hold on to the hope in the words, but there are many actions that have actually said opposite that we tend to minimize. You know, we, we like to hold on to what we want to hear. So I think I look that. at the whole picture. Look at the yeah. whole picture. And and it, I think, you know, or is it, is it an anxiety issue? Like, does he not like to share toilet paper? So is it really pandemic related? I don't know. We have to think through the whole thing. So, um, you know, is he, is he anxious? So is that, is that a piece of it? So there's so many different layers of it, but I think the important thing is don't avoid it. You know, find a time to talk about it. If you feel, if she feels like, you know what, I can hold off till the pandemic is over and then bring it up because it's also a difficult time to talk about those things. I'm going to be okay mm -hmm. waiting until the pandemic is over so we can spend more time with each other, see each other and talk about it. Then I'll make that decision at that point. That's fine too. But just have her start to observe, I would say, mm -hmm. you know, what really is going on. Start thinking underneath it. 
Yeah, I, I have, I mean, I feel like every woman has had experience on some level with like asking a partner if he or she is ready to commit. And I feel like there's these two strong camps. There's people who are like, just don't be that girl. Just like play it out, like focus on you. And then there's the other girl who's like, no, I need to know everything. I was in the second category. I yes. know that people perceive it um, negatively, like, oh, you're going to come across as desperate. But I, I, vibe with what you're saying, which is, this is my life. I have ownership of my time and I need to know where best to spend it. But I yeah. think there's some nerves there because no one wants to look like that girl who's like, you know, trying so hard. Right. And, and I, I always say the flip side, you, you should never have to convince someone to be yeah. with you. You should never have to convince someone to be with you. They should recognize it's a privilege mm -hmm. and, and want want to be with you. You don't need to convince them of that because you're going to end up convincing them at different points throughout your life then, yeah. you know, yeah. and you don't need that stressor. Nope, you're, you it, you're worth more than that. You're worth someone really wanting to be with you and, and treasuring you um, for all that you are. So I, I, I think, yeah, definitely ask the questions and um, oh, I'm sorry that it's coming up now yeah, for her, but you know, it's the other thing, it's been three years. I don't know how old she is. She said he's turning 40. But, um, you know, how much time does she want to invest in this? That's a question to ask herself as well. How, how much time is she willing to wait? Love it. Okay. Um, this one is about uh, <laughs> kind of being annoyed again. My, having my husband home is totally throwing off our daily routines and the vibe. I feel like I'm a teacher and he's the principal in the room observing. What would you tell this girl? Okay. So, um, yeah, not a fun dynamic. I mean, that's a game you could play like when the kids are asleep in a different context, but not, not all not in the a day. pandemic. No. no, not, no, no, no. So I think one thing we have to think about what is making her feel this way. Is he standing over and observing? Is he criticizing? Um, is there something that he's doing and is he even aware that he's doing it? So I think, I think she needs to ask, um, or not ask, but, t but tell him like, this is how I'm feeling. Um, do you even realize this is going on and then talk it through from there. Right. right. And if she sees another way to do it, you know, maybe he needs to be the teacher sometimes, or, you know, do we need to distribute this responsibility differently? Definitely think through that and offer that in the conversation. Love it. How do you get your husband to do more with the kids since they're home now? And I guess we could expand this to say mm -hmm. your partner, the partner who's usually yeah. not the stay-at-home partner. Right. Well, the funny thing is because my husband is not the stay-at-home partner, but he's home now. Like he's a surgeon. He can't do his at home. So, but, but I can, I asked him this question. He's like, how do you get your wife to do more with kids at home? Because I've been working a lot. You know, a lot of people are stressed out. Um, I, I think again, it's to sit down and look at, you know, even make a list of, okay, our life has changed so much and these are the daily responsibilities now. And if you actually write them down on a paper and have, have the visual, I think it speaks very loudly. Um, ask, you know, what of these things do you feel like you can get involved with? I, I can't manage all of it on my own. And it'd be great while you're home for the kids to have some time with you as well. Um, now, some of this may be not voluntary. They might not be jumping at taking some of these tasks. So maybe think through what do you feel like that person can do and offer that? Could you do this? You know, and maybe it's not every day. Maybe some days are going to look different than others, but at least start looking at what um, has to be done and asking what pieces of this can you get involved in? 
Right. Would you go so far as to say, you know, here's specifically what I need help with now that you're here? Or is that like, I know some guys, uh, not just guys, but usually guys, because sometimes it's an <laughs> ego thing. If you hand them a list, they're like, oh, you know, what, how yeah, do you do yeah, this? Yeah. But I mean, right. would you go so far as to say, here are the specific things I need help with? Or do you think that could put some people off? I think that should be a piece of the conversation if okay. that person doesn't step into it right away. I think first, you know, kind of set, set the tone by saying, look, there's a lot right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling like I definitely need help doing this. It's a lot for one person to manage, which yes, it's a lot for one person to manage. Are there things, here we go. This is what, what our life looks like right now that you feel like you could take. Are there mm-hmm. things that you want to take? And if there isn't so much of a response or maybe they're taking the bare minimum, say, hey, could you also help with this? Right. So I, it's always uh, more effective if the idea comes from the other person, right? If we can lead them to it and then they can hop on board. But if, if they're not biting, then yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I and you get out the post-it notes, honey, (laughs) if they're not getting the idea and you put them on their computer screen or whatever, wherever they are. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, you know, if, if you have the type of relationship where you can be direct, you know, I'm taking the stance that maybe that person's going to be a little defensive about it. But if you have that, go right out and say it, you know, I need help with this. This is hard. Can you do this? I'll take Mm -hmm. this. Um, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay. This one says, I think this was a woman too. I'd love advice on how to switch over from work time to evening, like Mm. relaxing time. It all feels the same. So what are some things that we can do to delineate those two blocks of time? I was thinking about this because oftentimes we do this with clothing in real life, right? We come home, we change. I was like, you could wear like your nice sweats for work and then change it to your this is my second pair of relaxing. <laughs> They're clean. I showered exactly. for you. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, that's. I was joking. You know, uh, we're wearing sweats all day long and sleeping in them too. So yes. um, if you change your clothes at all, like when winning thing. But I think you know, one have time blocks. All right, look at this time. Work is done. I'm gonna put it away now. Get rid of the laptop. Put it away your stuff, clear your space, uh, maybe have some sort of, you haven't started at like 11 a.m., you know, which no judgment there either these days. So um, have some sort of um, com- kind of, like you said, a demarcation where, all right, today, 3.30, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, whatever it is, no more work time. And think of another activity that you can do that would signal to yourself, okay, now it's break time. Maybe that's mm-hmm. time for some self-care if you can, some breathing, some reading a little bit of a book or listening to a podcast, you know, Sunny's podcast or something um, <laughs> that would that would tell yourself, okay, now we're, we're in downtime mode or we're in relaxation mode. Um, so something where you draw that line to differentiate between work work versus evening mode. Love it. Uh, How can you help your partner through this mental roller coaster? There are a lot of emotions. And what I've noticed too is that, you know, everybody processes this in a different way. And um, some may seem like they're calm and cool and collected and aren't. So if you're with a partner who maybe processes things a little differently, how can you um, be there to support them without overwhelming them more? 
Yeah. You know, I think this goes back to in some ways those love languages we talked about. Yeah. How does your partner feel loved and supported? And and you may even want to just ask that question. Um, what can I do to help you through this? You know, what what can I do these days when we're home in this shelter in place that will make you feel loved and appreciated? And it's a great question to ask each other, just so we know, because like we've never been in, like we talked about before, we've never been in this before. So our needs may be changing. What communicates love to us may be changing. Like we said, like now maybe someone doing the laundry means a lot more than it would have a while back. Mm -hmm. So, because it takes that extra responsibility out. So I'd say, ask the questions of each other. And also those check-ins are so important just to ask, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? We know, especially as moms, people hardly ever ask us that question throughout a regular day. Right. Never. And when someone except does, our moms, right. <laughs> except, they know what except, like. right. Or maybe our friends, right. Mm -hmm. We don't see as much now, right. but I know right. oftentimes when I have a client come into my office and the question, there's often tears because yeah. there's a lot that we hold in and we don't even realize we need to answer that question for ourselves until someone asks us that. And, and sometimes we don't even realize what we're carrying until someone asks us that. Mm -hmm. So just on an aside, check in with yourself every day. Ask yourself, like, how, how am I doing today? What do, what do I need today? Mm -hmm. So based on how I'm feeling, look at what you have lined up for yourself today and ask, is that all doable? And is it doable by me? Mm -hmm. Right? Maybe some things have to go. Maybe we have to rearrange it. So part of it is taking care of your own self-care, but also um, checking in with your partner and finding out, asking, you know, what do you need today? What, how can I help you today? Um, and hopefully that will become a question you ask each other. Absolutely. There will be some good that we take from this. And I say that non-ironically and non-sarcastically. Yeah. I, I think that yeah, yeah. to me has been something that's gotten me through. It's, you know, whether it's a daily ritual or something that I've found that calms me. I mean, there will be something good that we can take out of this. Um, on that note, I want to round things out with um, your thoughts on the fact that um, we're hearing reports of divorce rates going up in countries yeah. where this virus has peaked. And if people are scared for the stability of their relationships, something that you want to stress that they can do, that they can control to come out of this stronger than ever? Sure. I mean, when realize that whatever you're feeling right now, it it is under um, this whole kind of pressure cooker of mm -hmm. the coronavirus, right? It's magnifying everything right now. So things might get better. It's not to say that it's going to get resol resolved, but things may look different coming out of it when you have more of your normal routine back, more of your um, normal kind of self-care practices, even if that means just going out and seeing people and going to a job. So when things get back to normal, you might feel a bit better. But I think honestly, Sunny, I think that this is a really good time to to work on the relationship because we're forced to, you know, and we don't know how long it's going to last. So if already it's stressed, we don't know what three or four weeks are going to look like. And I think a, a great way to do that is to go online to that five love languages. Mm -hmm. If you go to fivelovelanguages.com, you can take a love language test and see what your love languages are, because there are different ways that we can express love to each other. Um, even in this time, in this pandemic, when we're at home together, but we may not be aware of what our specific love languages are. So 
So I think in terms of a couple, that is a very simple thing you can do that can yield really good results, great results, just to increase the positive feeling between the two of you. And again, going back to validating the other person's feelings, when you see that they're stressed, right, maybe they've take, taken it out on you and you're reacting back to it. But as soon as you see their stress, call it out. Say, you know what? I can tell this really stresses you out. I can tell you're really frustrated. Is there anything I can do to help you? Right. And, and especially if you've been reactive, that's a response that's going to really catch someone off guard. What do you mean? It can automatically disarm them and create a little bit more space for vulnerability, which is really what we need right now to make the connections and heal some of the wounds that either have been um, in existence in the past or that are being created right now amidst all of the stress. I love that. I love finding a positive in it. And like you said, this, this could very well be relationship boot camp for a lot of couples out yes. there. And, and, and yep. maybe if we focus, like you said, on finding things that we value in our partner, the qualities that come out during times of stress that maybe we haven't seen before, then we can kind of keep positive. But um, right. Yeah. And as much as you can, try and look at what is that partner doing. They might not be doing everything for you, but maybe, like you said, if we can focus on the positive, are they helping in any way? How are they contributing to keeping us all going? To, to try and think about those things as well and look at it in the context of the big picture, not just the one thing you asked them to do that they didn't do. Right. Right. So, yeah. I'll, I'm going to be having um, a series on relationships coming up pretty soon on my podcast as well. So hopefully that will be helpful to give people a little bit more specific tools and tips to work through it. Yeah. Tell us where we can find your podcast, what it's called, any website or social channels. Tell us where we can find you. Sure. Absolutely. So I am on Instagram under my name, Nero Feliciano. I'm on Facebook under Nero Feliciano, the incidental therapist. And I have a podcast called All Things Life with Nero Feliciano. And really, I just launched it um, in March and kind of scrapped my whole first series and redid it all about COVID-19. So I have different um, mental health experts, nutritionists. Um, I had a sleep expert on there now, just helping us navigate this new normal that we're, that we're going through right now. So there's a lot of resources on the podcast. And then on my website, neuropoliciano.com, there'll be more on there as well. You are so amazing. I really appreciate your time. Aww. We like set this all up through Instagram. So I appreciate you trusting me to like, you know, interview you after being creepy stalker person on Instagram. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. I love, I love following you on Instagram. You're, you're awesome. And I think, um, so, so vulnerable and human and you make us all feel normal. When I saw you eating your cookie monster ice cream in your closet, I was like, that would totally make me happy right now. And that yeah, was not like, plussed up. Like some people do stuff for social media. It's like sticky. I'm like, no, I literally carried the paper no. bag in there. And I was like, oh, it's the perfect melted consistency. I was like stirring it up. Andrew walked in and he was like, who did I marry? Like, what are you doing? But I have to because, you know, they'll chase you wherever to get a little bit of ice cream, the kids. So they I will. have to. I have to. I- protect my sanity. You know what I mean? I saw that and I said, forget this cognitive therapy. Just I'm going that route. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big believer in locking oneself in any closed space and and having as as many ice cream cartons as possible. (laughs) It's my therapy. Um, You are the best, Narelle. Thank you again so much. I appreciate your time today. Oh, so great. And great questions. And thank you for having me.
we'll hopefully talk to you soon. I'd love to bring yeah. you back if you're open to it, if we ever do any, you know, when all of this craziness has passed and, um, you know, have you weigh in on relationship stuff because it's a big Absolutely. Part. Anytime. Uh, I'd awesome. be happy to. Okay. Thank you again. Sure. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of 30 something. I loved talking with Nero and I'm not kidding. I'm bringing her back on. Um, if she's available to talk about relationship issues in the future, I just love her style. So Nero, thank you so much for coming on. As you heard me mention at the beginning of this show, you could check out her podcast, all things life, wherever you get your shows and check her out on Instagram as well. Nero underscore Feliciano. Follow me on Instagram too. That is the best way to connect with me these days. I'm at Sunny Abada. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Those things might seem little, but they make a huge difference. Trust me, they help to get these episodes out to people who might enjoy them or find them helpful. And frankly, it helps your sister friend over here. It helps me with my show. Getting the word out means everything, especially in these um, crazy times when we're all struggling to uh, make things work and make them work well. So thank you. I'm truly grateful for you listening to this show today. And I hope you come back next week for more. We've got more good stuff, not just COVID-related, I promise. More great content is coming up next week on 30-something. Thank you again so much for listening, and I will see you guys next time.